Do you know what I like about cats? What's that? They're big eyes. Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Sarah. And this is Meowcast, a podcast about cats. This week, we're going to talk about picking a veterinarian for your cat. Then Sarah's going to tell me about cats with jobs. We'll finish up this week with a meow of the week. So Adam, what do you know about picking a vet? So there's actually quite a bit that goes into um, the process of picking a vet. Uh, the first thing you got to consider is what are you most comfortable with? Because if you think about it, picking a vet, it's just like picking a doctor for a person. Um, there's a variety of things to consider, including uh, location, price, and your just overall comfort level. So the first, uh, the first step in, in picking a vet is simply asking your friends. You know, almost everyone's got pets, um, whether it's a dog or a cat or, or something a little bit more exotic. Durable. A durable. Um, goldfish. Goldfish. But I don't think they go to the vet. No, they don't go to the vet. That that often, at least. Um, but the best place you can actually get good recommendations are the people around you. I would definitely recommend our vet to pretty much anybody with a cat. It's a cat-specific vet, so I couldn't recommend it to the dog people in my life, but they're great with cats. Yeah. We use the Cat Hospital of Towson. And they are really great. I mean, they have... A, they're a specialty veterinarian that just focuses on cats, but you don't have to find something so exclusive as um, a cat hospital. A lot of times there's just regular animal hospitals that will do just as well, um, especially if you're in um, a, an area that doesn't have very many vets. One quick thing you want to always look out for is the, uh, vet the veterinarian's accreditation or license. All states license uh, vets just like they do doctors or lawyers or any, any other professional. And they should have, the vet that you go to should be licensed in that way. The next thing you want to keep in mind is when you should be looking for a vet. Ideally, you should be looking for a vet prior to getting your cat or uh, prior to any emergency c uh, coming up. Really, the best time to get your cat into a vet visit is when they're healthy because it, that way you can create kind of a baseline where the vet know you get a chance to check out the vet before it's something so dire that you can't focus on the little thing. Like when Seamus was a kitten and had an emergency it was really good that we already had a vet established in that town so that we could just quickly call him and say there's an emergency and bring him in as opposed to bringing him in and then being like well what's his name what's his age does he have any past medical issues just like a human it's better to go to someone who knows you absolutely and it sometimes especially if you're moving it's better to get kind of a uh, first visit out of the way so that all that stuff is taken care of and I, I know when we moved originally from um, the city out to the, a more uh, suburban area, we actually did a couple of just baseline visits, almost as like preventative care and establishment, establishing care type of visits. Yeah, and we went through several vets before we found the one that worked. 
Um, do you want to talk about some of the things we didn't like about some of the vets? Yeah. So, like, one of them, we took um, Sammy in, and they didn't let us come back with him. They just took him from the waiting room and took him back and did the whole thing without us, and we did not like that at all. We want to be there. We want to know what they're doing to our cat. Yeah, and that actually gets into another really key area that you want to look for, which is um, how professional and competent is the staff. See, remember, the vet is just one person or a couple of people at the head of this organization. You're going to be just like a doctor's office. You might only see the vet for a few minutes or, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But the large majority of the time you're interacting with uh, the staff or the vet techs and how they present to you, how they um, how courteous, how professional they they act is something that's really key to where the, to making you feel comfortable about the care they're giving your cat. I always like it when the vet says how sweet or adorable or handsome my cats are. That's just an added bonus though. Yeah, but that, you know, bedside manner is another key aspect of this. You know, how how the vet interacts with you and helps you in deciding what's the best process, what's the best treatment for your your pet is is really important. Mm-hmm. A couple of other uh, key areas that you want to keep in mind are uh, payment. There are things like pet insurance, cat insurance, but those types of insurance plans are not as well used as human insurance plans. So how your vet deals with the payments that you have for visits is really important. Whether they're a cash-only type of facility, or whether they they have payment plans they can set up or any kind of financial assistance if you just can't afford uh, the care that your animal needs. Uh, Another key thing to look out for is how they respond to uh, setting up appointments. If you're calling a vet's office several times, you're not getting a call back, or if every time you call you're put on hold for 10 minutes, it's a sign that maybe this is not a, a great place to go because they either don't have enough staff to handle the volume which may be an indication of how they handle, uh, how much attention they give each individual pet, or they might just not be very organized, which can be just as bad when it comes to establishing a long record with a vet. Just like with humans, vets keep health records, and you want to make sure that they're organized enough so that if there's an issue early on with, with a pet, several years down the road that the vet can look at that and make sure that um, if there was say an allergy uh, or an adverse reaction that that's kept in mind each and every time uh, another issue crops up. Yeah I feel like a lot of vets do electronic records now. I think the last few that we've been to they have computers in every exam room and enter their notes in the computer instead of paper. Yeah and that's a that's a really uh, great thing for a vet to do because it makes transferring the the records very easy. Because you know every, people move, people change vets. You know, depending on the area they're living. Yeah, Seamus is up here joining us. So if you hear any rustling, it's Seamus. <laughs> a couple of other things to look out for are uh, how how clean and tidy the uh, office is. You know, if there's feces around or if there's a really strong odor of cat urine that's a sign that they're not 
taking the proper amount of care in between uh, in between patients and that's not always a good thing especially if your cat might have an apprehension of the vet having those real strong odors is going to make your pet's reaction worse Oh, and speaking of scents, so there's this thing called um, Feel Away that our vet uses and recommends that we use too, um, but it really helps the cats be calm. So they have a diffuser plugged in, and it's like a pheromone that helps keep cats calmer. And so that's in all the exam rooms, and I've found that that really does help. The cats really do calm down once they get in those rooms with the Feel Away. Yeah, it really does help. And I mean, especially with Seamus, that's a really important part of making sure he's okay with this vet visit and doesn't get freaked out. A couple of other key things you want to look out for are emergency coverage. So there's always the times when, you know, it's 2 a.m., you hear your cat throwing up, and they just can't stop. They're having some major health issue that needs to be taken care of right then and there. Um, It's really important to know if your vet is available 24 hours a day if needed, or what kind of facility is available for that 2 a.m. visit. For example, uh, the Cat Hospital of Towson that we use, they don't have emergency visits, but we have an animal hospital that does do 24-hour service uh, that's fairly close that I don't think we've used it in that way. No, luckily we haven't had to. But it is available and we, we know it's there. And one of the smaller things to look out for are um, add-on services like grooming, boarding, uh, and training classes. It's uh, those are not strictly necessary, but it's something nice that you know if a vet uh, can provide you, it's you know it's something you want to be aware of. Like the TLC care that our vet gives, they have every time you go in, they'll clip your cat's claws, no additional charge, things like that, um, and as long as your cat is up to date on all of its its shots and appointments, you can bring the cat in at any time and get that service completed. Uh, of course, it's a hassle to have to drive your cat out to the vet just to clip the claws, so we, we typically do that, but it's a nice option to have. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing I, I want to touch on is uh, how to, when you're searching for vets, keep in mind, online Uh, reviews and online research can only get you so far. Uh, A lot of review sites tend to reflect people's unhappiness with the financial burden of pet care and not necessarily the how well the the vet will actually do for you. Uh, That's that is why asking your friends and actually paying visits to vets are so important to deciding which one is best for you. And Remember the guiding principle that you're looking for the same things in your vet that you would in a doctor for yourself. Whether they're kind, caring, knowledgeable, competent, and able to uh, assist you in the way that you need. Yeah, picking a vet can be really stressful, um, but this was a lot of really good tips that you're giving us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's something that I'm sure any vet worth their, uh, worth their salt is willing to help you uh, navigate. Great. Do you have anything else or is that? No, that's it. I think you now are going to talk to us about cats in the labor force. Yes. So cats, there are cats that have careers. Um, So our cats' careers are just to keep our house happy. But most, (laughs) um, 
most people that's the their cat's job but there are cats that have actual careers so we've talked about a cat named Stubbs before. He is the mayor of Alaska, so his job is obviously in politics. Well, there's other cats who have politics as their careers. I wonder if Stubbs has been reelected. I think Stubbs is just going to always pretty much be their mayor. He's, he's just always going to be there. He's there, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he brings a lot of tourism in, so his job is not just not just as the mayor, as the honorary mayor, but his job is really as like the tourism guru. Well, then his poll numbers must be great. Yes. Well, in addition to Stubbs, there's Hank, who is running for the U.S. Senate seat in Virginia. His platform is job creation, cross-species cooperation, and low-cost spaying and neutering for homeless animals. It's a very populist message. Yes. Now, all contributions made to Hank's website are donated to the animal rescue groups in the area. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, but it's not just in the U.S. There's also... Um, a three-month-old Russian kitten who threw his hat into the ring for a seat in a legislative body that governs um, an area in Russia. And, um, an unpronounceable an name. An unpronounceable for me name. Um, Sverdlovsk Oblast. Oblast. Def- I, always, I always get the words that I can't pronounce and sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a difficult name to say. And then, um, so his platform is to end neutering, and he promises to lower cat food prices if he's elected to office. I find that interesting. Obviously, cats might not want to be neutered, but there are so many reasons to neuter and spay cats socially and for the greater good of cats. I don't think that um, this three-month-old Russian kitten quite understands the extent to which spaying and neutering is important. Maybe that's like the libertarian view. Okay, don't make us do what we don't want to do. Yeah, like real, like hands-off government. That makes sense. So in addition to politics, um, there are cats in the security force. So we've talked about mousers in the past. Yeah. Well, there are um, places such as the San Antonio Feral Cat Coalition and the Texas Barn Cats that place a team of feline security guards on the ground. Now, I mentioned the mousers because their job is to keep mousers to keep mice away so they're they're security guards against mice um and that they do that to keep um the health and safety of the facility there's also 65 cats on patrol at the um hermitage museum in saint petersburg russia and they they are security guards in the sense that they protect the masterpieces of art in the basement from the gnawing teeth of vermin Ooh. yeah so they keep the art safe that's good. Um, this one I really like, the job for mental health and social services. So I know that the ca- our cats help my mental health. Yeah. Um, so there's Bullet the Wonder Cat, who has been visiting patients at the Primary Children's Medical Center in Salt Lake City, Utah, since 2007. Among this cat's accomplishments are giving a child with traumatic brain injury a reason to start using his hands again, helping an unresponsive cat-loving boy to regain consciousness and calming down countless terrified, homesick, and lonely children. That's fantastic. Yes. And there's a picture in the article that I'm going to link to that shows um, a child with this cat. There's also Jessie Cat, who won the Cat of the Year Award for her work um, with Lorcan Dillon, a seven-year-old boy with... selective mutism, an anxiety disorder that renders him unable to express his feelings or speak to people he doesn't know well. So since his mother adopted Jessie Cat, Lorcan has been making excellent progress at school and communicating better with strangers and teachers. This reminds me kind of like uh, therapy dogs or, mm-hmm. or facility dogs that are there to kind of help 
people with certain kinds of trauma to deal to um, open up so that they can talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there are things like therapy cats too. They're just not as well known, I guess. Yeah. Um, there are other ones that are not mentioned in this article, but that I've heard of. One was a cat who lived in a nursing home and comforted the patients when they were getting ready to pass away. Yeah. And then there was an other cat um, who is with a little girl, I think. And this is a recent article I saw. I don't know if you saw it, that the little girl was having a lot of health problems and the cat kind of became her therapy cat and made her feel a lot better. I'll have to try and see if I can find the information and post it. Yeah, that would be great. We could put it in our show notes. Yeah. So then, last but not least, cats with careers, entertainment. So um, there are... Um, Samantha Martin's Amazing Acro Cats and Rock Cats and um, they entertain like it's in Rock Cats like Rock Cats but Rock Cats yes Um, and they entertain people across the US with their amazing antics so um, I also have a meow of the week for us great what is it okay so have you ever seen cats that are sitting on top of glass I have seen when our cat sits on our glass coffee table. Okay, well, this is an article by the Dodo. It's called 13 Smooshy Cats on Glass. Smooshy Cats? Smooshy Cats. So here, I'll show you some of the pictures. This one, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Super Cat. I love these pictures. Can you see it? Yeah, it looks like the cat is standing in the sky. It does. So I love these pictures because you get to see their cute little paws all smushed against the glass. This one, the cat is drooling. It's number three. This this feline is uh, prime squishy vi- mode. Obviously, just napping straight on this glass. Yeah, it's so great. I just, I don't know why I love it so much, but like, I love seeing their squishy little bean paws. Um, now, when you first said that, I didn't understand. Adam did not mean. understand bean paws. So if you look at the cat's paw, it looks like little beans. The, the, the pads of their feet look like little beans. So you can call them little bean paws. Um... It's also really fun because cats like sitting on glass. At least our cats do. They'll sit on glass and play with things under it. My One of my favorite things is some of these pictures show the cats in cat loaf formation. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of a weird uh, reference, but essentially it's when the cats, uh, when a cat kind of tucks its paws underneath. It looks like a little loaf of bread. Yeah. With a head. <laughs> and uh, it looks super weird when you can see a cat loaf. A cat in cat loaf. Upside um, down. Upside down, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. This one has its little tongue stuck out. It's so cute. So this is the Meow of the Week. I realize Meow of the Week kind of has a visual aspect to it. But we're going to link to the show notes. Basically, the Meow of the Week is any cat that is standing on glass that you can see their little paws from underneath. It's really cool. Um, But that about does it for our show today. Um, Thank you so much to Crossworlds for the use of their song, Cat's Lullaby. Please email us any story about your cat at meowcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at meowcastpodcast or visit our website at meowcastpodcast.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Be sure to tell all your friends and fellow cat lovers about our podcast. And remember, as always, have a perfect week. Ooh.